0: Welcome to creative crunch. My name is Curtis Tucker. If this is your first time listening, I'm just going to rant for a little while and reflect on some things in the art industry. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Curtis underscore podcast. I'm calling that the customer service department for this podcast. Uh, if you have an app mention or a question, a comment, a concern, a topic, an article, whatever you have, um, Twitter is the way to go for that. If you want to watch live streams, um, You can follow me on Instagram at c I'm recording every Monday afternoon From like 1 to 3 Mountain Standard Time in my Secret bunker. Appreciate the Follows. Appreciate the love. Appreciate Everyone that has been tuning in And showing Creative Crunch some love You can listen to Creative Crunch On Anchor at anchor.fm Slash creative crunch And we're working on getting it distributed to Other places. Hopefully it hits Spotify and iTunes and some of the large uh, Podcast hosting services here in the following weeks On today's episode, I'm going to be reflecting on creatives at Roundish Tables Which is a professional development and community discussion group Emceed by Mo Graham and continuously supported by Odessa Denver Uh, They had it at MCA Denver This past weekend on the rooftop And we had Balance as the creative Who was uh, moderating the conversation along with Mo And Balance was really focused on biting and not biting They come from the graffiti world Where biting someone's style is a huge diss It's a huge freaking diss It's right up there with stealing someone's name or someone's moniker To bite someone's style means to copy the colors that they're using using to copy the letter styles that they're using um, in terms of that. So um, Balance was really focused on that and he was really focused on what it means to bite someone and what it means to be bitten. So that was a really interesting conversation. And we quickly changed the definition to include uh, referencing, right? Like for us as um, our visual artists, referencing your source sort of seemed to be the immediate solution to alleviating tensions with being bitten and with biting. If you just let people know where your inspiration is coming from and you label it just as that, as inspiration, then you're really going to kind of be okay. And as far as we're concerned, as artists and as uh, creators and makers in the industry, um, that seems to alleviate a lot of the tensions. CART, or Creative at Roundish Tables, is a Facebook group. Um, if you want to join, just look it up at a request, we'll let them know I sent you, and we'll get you in on the next discussion. As I was saying earlier, we just had it this weekend on the rooftop of MCA Denver with uh, co MC Balance, a graffiti writer and street artist, who was presenting the question uh, and a discussion of biting and to be bitten, right? To steal styles and colors and graphics and to claim them as your own, but we did as a group of artists and industry professionals is quick quickly, um, addressed the tensions and sort of the negativities was biting and being bitten, um, and turned that into, um, a positive thing saying that as long as you're crediting your sources, as long as you are, um, referencing and documenting where this inspiration is coming from and claiming it is just that as inspiration, there should be no tensions with biting and being bitten, right? Like we were really lumping inspiration and being inspired into biting and being bitten, really um, not recognizing sort of the tensions inherent uh, in the street art culture as many of us were not participating in that at the current time. Um, I have in the past and I have stickers every now and then, but I've never bitten someone or been biting in that regard. Uh, so it was a really interesting conversation to have. and. It was really cool to kind of see CART grow to this level, right? Like we're really used to being in community centers and basements and kind of on weeknights uh, when it's usually uh, difficult for some people to get there and, you know, desired participants to be there and be in the conversation. But we've been making it work. And so this is I really just want to congratulate Mo and Odessa on that. Right. Like this goes back to the whole consistency thing. They didn't give up. They kept it consistent They kept the rhythm of it going And CART has really grown into Really like professional development You know and this amazing conversation That's been happening um, And I really think that this should be happening more And that's why I've f- been creating this podcast And doing live streams Is an attempt to build sort of like I would call it a digital CART Right like this can these conversations Need to be happening and they also need To be archived Um <laughs> In one form or another because cart happens live there's some pictures that are taken but in sort of documentation there's not meeting notes or anything per se and i don't think that there should be uh but it's just the energy needs to get captured and so that's what i'm trying to do here with this podcast is sort of capture the energy and cart got me going so i figured we would talk about it a little bit Um, And it's always great to sit down. The best thing about CART is sitting down with your peers, people that you know, people that you don't know, people from the Odessa network, um, people from Mo's network, and just a lot of different places coming together and sort of having that clash of perspectives. And Mo has done a great job at facilitating the culture and sort of laying out the social norms of how the group operates. And people are beyond respectful and... um, it's just a great thing. And in in terms of professional development, it's been amazing to just kind of have that, uh, especially as a motivator for a content creator, it's always refreshing to talk to other people and get other perspectives and see things like that. Um, because the way I tend to communicate, is uh very passionate especially when it comes to art and marketing and business and sometimes that comes across as anger or gets misconstrued as anger um and me being upset and really it's it might read that way on the surface uh but genuinely deep down it's not right Like, I think y'all are just so amazing in general that we can start talking about these things, right? Like there's enough praise being handed around that maybe it is time to have a bit of a critical perspective or at least one critical voice in the landscape, you know, and sort of making that acceptable to say, um, different things and have different opinions and maybe discuss things for an hour and like change things and like take thoughts and just meditate on them and then turn them into things. Um, So that's what I'm doing with CART. And that's kind of what CART kind of made me do, right? Because I released my first Instagram TV episode and some people watched it on Instagram. And I really appreciate anybody who has taken the time to kind of watch that first episode of Instagram TV on my bio. It was just a shot in the dark. I just wanted to get something out. And to play in the landscape And the timing worked out I got, was walking to go see my friends at Odessa anyway And I knew that that was like a cultural spot And so it all just kind of lined up And I made that piece of content for that What I'm trying to get at is I don't think I'm communicating the best way You know And there's pros and cons to that You know I like being direct And I like getting passionate And I like having passionate responses And know that a lot of that passion and the way that I come across is rooted in active listening. You know, at CART, I tend to sit quiet for I would say (laughs) 99% of the time. And Mo has picked up on the fact that I am visually listening and I really appreciate that, you know, people are just kind of like letting me be and tuning into the fact that there are different styles of communication out there. I really appreciate that. So what, I just kind of get to some things up at the end and you know I think I've been communicating maybe not the right thing and I've kind of had I think too narrow of a focus on PR right and using the word marketing to describe the more specific thing of PR because when we're talking about marketing what I really am meaning is communication and what I'm trying to start changing in my in the way that I speak is using that right is like starting to use the way that artists makers and creators communicate, right? Because under that communication falls PR, but also falls a lot of other things that I put in my notes, like media relations, strategic communication, um, barriers and, um, encoding and all this sort of other lingo goes into it. And so what I really want creative crunch to start being is, a conversation around creative messaging, right? And I think if I start framing my concepts and conversations around messaging instead of marketing, I think it will hit home for a lot more people, I think it will change my perspectives a lot more, and I think ultimately it will sort of ease those tensions and ease me from getting too passionate too quickly. So when we say creative messaging, like, what does that mean? And I just wanted to unpack that a little bit. And this is basic level research. I'm not claiming to be a scholar. All I'm using is my gut and my intuition and my abilities as a researcher and like someone with a college degree to just Google and Google with intent. So just know that this is all surface level research on communication. And I highly recommend that artists do this too, because this was very, and makers and creators do this too, because it was very enlightening for me. So creative messaging is going to be focused on the encoding, which I'm really fascinated with, right? Because I think encoding messages is basically like content creation and planning for content creation, content creation, right? And it's also how we document those messages, right? Podcasting is a form of encoding, blogging is a form of encoding, Instagram posts are a form of encoding. And you have to pick the right form of encoding for your message. So I really think we could talk a lot about encoding and creative messaging. Also, we need to talk about transmission, which is the channel or the marketing, um, the channel or the medium, I mean. So transmission is how a message is communicated. It's the channel or the medium that the message is put on. That is what transmission is. And this, I think, transmission most aligns for the concepts of marketing. And when I have been saying the word marketing in the past, transmission, I think is what I've been focusing on. And so now I'm trying to reframe my conversations to focus on the transmission transmission of the encoded messages, right? If we're starting to use this communication language, um, is a lot of the marketing stuff, but it's only part of it. Now, This is where my passion and my frustrations come in. When we're using communication language, my passions and my frustrations come in with noise. So after you've encoded the message, after you've transmitted it, there's noise. There's feedback. People take it the right way. They take it the wrong way. This is where people interpret it. Maybe the platform, maybe the way you encoded it, maybe the way you transmitted it. It creates all this noise. Think of like a fuzzy TV. Right. Or another good one would be like, think of live radio when you would find like two stations in between and you would kind of get like a lot of frequency at the same time. That's noise, right? Like that's what we're talking about. And that's where a lot of my passion and frustration lies because I think noise is inevitable. It's going to happen, but there are ways to reduce the amount of noise. And I think we could talk a lot about efforts in reducing, um, the noise around our messages as creative professionals. And then lastly, after it's passed through all that noise and it's gotten all mumbled and jumbled, in communication theory, we talk a lot about decoding and interpretation. And this is what your followers are going to do when they see your Instagram post. You might mean it one way, it goes through this process, and it comes out the other way. Same thing with communicating amongst industry professionals. When you're pitching a body of work to a gallery... (laughs) when you're getting a proposal together, For public art or for grant funding um, The people on the Other end of this are going to be Doing the decoding So that's what I really wanted to kind of Break down for a couple minutes and try To you know and then that's really for me You know and then for me Framing this around You know creative Messaging is really going To change um, The way I talk I Think and hopefully the way that it hits home And it's my way of trying to reduce the noise that's going on. Um, some of the feedback that I got from the first episode was a lot of that passion was coming across and it's being misconstrued as anger and you know that's because I think I get those blinders and I focus on marketing and I start to use and abuse that word when really what I'm talking about in larger perspective is creative messaging. So I'm going to copy and paste that and make sure that it moves into podcast notes moving forward in one form or another. What I want Creative Crunch to be about is talking about creative messaging. Now expanding on that Creative messaging also includes Business communication right like After the basic processes of encoding Transmission noise and decoding And interpretation We can now start to evolve these Concepts into later episodes about Business communication Now this includes strategic communication Planning which as Gary V calls it And I love to refer to it as The clouds right like this is sitting back And thinking big things And dreaming big things and And um, having a plan Having a five-year plan Having a one-year plan Having a six-month plan Having a 30-day plan Just having a plan in general And setting goals And having a vision And like... Having a dot on your mind map on where you're driving your ship. Like, where are you driving this creative ship? And if it's a hobby, then, like, frankly, Creative Crunch is, like, probably not going to be for you. Like, it's really, Creative Crunch is going to be for the people who want to hustle and bustle. And when we're talking about strategic communication planning, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Is like, doing art, doing, making things, creating, being a content creator and an influencer is about not only being on the ship, but having a direction for the ship and driving the ship with intent and having the wind in your sails and moving it that way. It also constitutes, you know, business communication constitutes media relations and working with the press and knowing the press landscape in Denver and what that looks like and knowing the outlets and not only knowing how to write a press release, but the functions of a press release and like who needs to see the press release and who maybe needs to see what's called a media blurb, you know, like knowing that press releases are exactly that. They are a release for the press. They are for journalists On all various different levels And different papers and different publications To basically understand And guide and help write The editorial piece or help write The blurb on your exhibition Without actually having to go there Or experience it Um, Right, That's like essential for openings Like you have to get the press release out Before an opening so that the press can Write about it so that people know what it's like And then media blurbs are great for Like other things like social media Or maybe you're just handing it to an influencer Or a blogger. You just have like a one little paragraph gist of like, here's what's going down. Maybe it's written at a different level. Um, So that's kind of what that is. And then in bold in my notes, I put PR, right? I put PR because this, again, is what I think I'm talking about when I use the word marketing. Public relations is a facet of business communication dealing with social media, written communication, things like that. So that's what um, we're talking about when we're talking about business communication under the umbrella again of creative messaging and then what I really want to get feedback on and what I really hope people start joining this conversation as well as tuning in you know people who want to co-host or send me dms or get at me on twitter at curtis underscore podcast and really start conversations about is combating the communication barriers that we face as creators makers and content Um, producers in Denver's current media landscape and just sort of in the media landscape abroad. Right. Because there are, I believe there are an insane amount of barriers for the types of communications that we have to do. Um, There are physical barriers, right? Like, uh where galleries are where maker spaces are where podcasting studios are where co-working things are right in relation to other things and do you have access to this and do you have access to that and you know can you get the supplies that you need do you have the facilities that you need to be making your art and things like that um, those types of things also affect your communication where you are in Denver uh, can affect what kind of resources you have access to. They can affect the amount of community uh, resources that you have available to you in terms of communication. They affect the audience that you are able to directly communicate to um, your neighbors and how you communicate to them. That sort of stuff really affects communication and can really inhibit someone from coming to your space or really motivate them to come to your space and experience what you have going on. Another big thing that we could spend hours on and episodes on unpacking is the system design of the art industry and sort of the hierarchical gatekeeping nature of that industry and sort of the DIY response that I'm familiar with and that I support in Denver to um, system designs in the art industry. If you're going to put a barrier up, I'm going to find a way to tear it down. And one of those things is system design. If I don't want to participate in your system or your system doesn't allow me to participate. I think that there's enough motion and energy and people and mass in Denver that we are starting to see alternative systems with different designs to benefit different people, um, and creatives and makers to actually participate. So I really think that that's changing, um, really combating ambiguity and vague messaging or like not messaging enough, um, undervaluing the power of an Instagram caption, undervaluing the power of podcasting or blogging or vlogging or whatever sort of uh, way of transmitting your messages um, you know fighting off that ambiguity, fighting off that vagueness, uh, really being consistent and concise when you are communicating and being conscious of how you communicate. And you might want to communicate one way on one account and communicate another way on another account. And that's fine as long as everything's outlined and identified. Another big one is overcoming the communication barrier or the fear of being criticized I had this a lot um, it's the reason I didn't start doing a lot of things a lot of sooner is because I was afraid of being compared and being criticized and um, you know like, I had access to the top tier content creators through social media. And that was actually detrimental to my workflow. Um, And I, you know, I've heard stories of artists saying that as well. You know, if you follow top tier painters on Instagram and you become inundated with that quality of content where they're hiring professional photographers and doing studio lighting and yada, yada, yada. And frankly, there's probably an agency or at least an intern managing those assets. When you become inundated with that level of content and you become, um demotivated and you have this fear of being criticized that can actually inhibit you from communicating and that was for me too and now i just have like started to push buttons and record things and the uh, roi and the social returns and the equity from it have just been amazing Um, and all i have to do is press record you know and i don't even have to be in the secret bunker i was just very fortunate To live in a place where this is a resource and through Googling and through finding it out and through wanting another space to do this in so that psychologically I was motivated. I was very fortunate to find out that my public library does have a recording studio and has kind of made that investment into the changing media landscape. Um... So that's really kind of what came from CART and really what I was thinking about while sitting there. And I know it's not at all what we were talking about in person, but just walking away from that, like, really altered my thinking. And, you know, like, when I just kind of did my wrap-up, sum-up thing at the end of CART, which I tend to do where, you know, Mo asks me what I'm thinking and then, like... I don't mean to drop bombs, but apparently I seem to be dropping bombs. Um, You know, another participant said, yeah, get angry, throw a chair, you know. It just comes from active listening for 45 minutes, you know, and really paying attention to what other people are saying, because that's what that event is about for me that I go to cart so that I can listen, right? Like, and I know that's strange, but my form of participation is to just actively listen um, and really kind of just contribute at the end uh, because I think that's what I'm good at. And so I'm going to like develop the rhythm and just keep doing that, you know? Um, and really not apologize for that, not be anything different than uh, what I'm going to be and so that whole time I was just thinking about you know biting and being bitten and if you want to avoid that you need to communicate you know just as much as you're creating you need to realize that um, you need to spend time using social media tools to document your work as an artist and in doing so you're building to the reference base of you as an artist and you're making yourself more discoverable as a creator and as a manufacturer um, and as a maker, you are just making yourself more visible. And the whole purpose of creative crunch is to help people increase their visibility. Selfishly, these episodes are helping increase my visibility, right? But I have been adamant about the fact that you are more than welcome to co host an Instagram stream, you are more than welcome to um tweet me at Curtis underscore podcast. You know, it's really your platform to also increase your voice and your um worth as an expert. And so there was like this collective grumble when Mo said, you know, like write an artist statement. But like y'all, like Just unpack that and adapt it, right? Like an old artist statement or an artist statement that you might be familiar with writing... was taught by someone, you know, who doesn't participate in this landscape. And so the thing is, is like, or wasn't educated, I should say in this landscape, because that's not fair. You can very much still participate in not having learned it, but was educated in an artist statement looking one way. And so they teach that an artist statement looks another way. And I'm here to let you know that like tweeting, Instagramming, blogging, vlogging, streaming, whatever you want to do is an artist statement. If you put that same level of intent into it right like the thing about an artist statement is to be reflective and to have intent into what you're doing and to take time from the creative process well, actually, it's actually utilizing the creative process, right? Like it's putting another step into the creative process, which is reflective meditation and research, which you should be doing, you know? And if you're not, like, maybe that's why you're not seeing the gains that you're doing is because you're not creating a narrative and documenting and researching and doing your work. Uh, around the work, we are right? Like supporting the art, you know? You can't wait for other people to write these artist statements for you. You're literally carrying, most of us are carrying objects in our pockets that allow us to create our narrative. You know, and I'm going to say this time and time again, that makes it inexcusable. The, amount of access and the increasing number of individuals that are having access to the internet and these distributive internet technologies and these social platforms is no excuse to start creating your own narrative you can't wait around for someone at some magazine or some newspaper to latch on you and write the first review you get to write your first review right like you it's well within your means to be writing your first review, to be writing your first press release. And that will help you get bitten, which I think is a good thing, right? Like it's a good thing to like get to a level where other people want to steal your stuff. It's literally what I'm doing. Like I've watched so many motivational people and listened to so many podcasts and things that like, I just wanted to like start hustling and start creating content. Um, and I'm just like biting their style, right? Like they do this. So I do that, right? Like they do it like this. So I do it like that. And they're creating content. And there are people who are about that. There are plenty of YouTube channels that I follow around photography and videography where they give these things away so that you bite them because that's how you become successful. Right. And so just documenting your work is going to allow people to come into your sphere, to bite your style and to like, See the successful things that you're doing And emulate them And then it's a two way street Then you start following them And you emulate their successes Right It's not this combative landscape anymore Well it is right Like your friends are your enemies And your enemies are your friends And things like that But like the collectiveness The the hive mind mentality is really taking over And if you see someone doing something well It's not as negative as it used to be like you're still supported and you're able to participate in it and that's why like we see hashtags and like we see in photography we see people selling their presets and things like that So CART was amazing. Uh, Please join the Facebook group, Creatives at Roundish Tables. Send an invite. Let them know that I sent you. Get linked up with Odessa. Get linked up with Mo Graham if you're not already. Um, We hope to see you at the next one. I try to make it out to as many of them as I can because, again, it's really motivational for me to just be around creative people talking. And discussing and learning from that and, um, setting aside time to intentionally do marketing and do professional development is very beneficial. And I think I'm going to like try to interact more on the Facebook group and get things going there. Um, (sighs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Creative Crunch. My name is Curtis. You can tweet me all during this week if you have some thoughts, comments, you find an interesting article. My Twitter is at Curtis underscore podcast. I'm calling it the customer service department for Creative Crunch. If you want to start a conversation, you want to start a dialogue, uh, we can do it exclusively on Twitter. I'm only dealing with the podcast there. You're not going to get anything else other than podcast content there. You can find Creative Crunch on Anchor Dot fm slash creative crunch and we're getting it worked on to get distributed to other platforms we'll let you know when that happens thanks so much for tuning in uh, let me know your thoughts let me know your ideas this has been creative crunch we'll see you next monday bye